You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. I hope you've been having a killer week so far. I most certainly have been. I'm very stoked that for today's Artist Spotlight, I'm going to be shining some light on Embittered. Embittered is currently a killer two-piece death metal band based out of Chicago. Get ready, everyone. Here is their track, Sibylline visions of ocular decay.
Damn, that was sick. That was Sibylline Visions of Ocular Decay by Embittered. This track is actually their demo, which they dropped back in November 2022. As I mentioned, Embittered is a two-piece death metal band from Chicago. The two musicians that are involved in this, one is called Tuan, the other is called Abic, and they've been involved in numerous other projects together before they formed Embittered in 2021. They are now in the process of writing their full-length album, and they are hoping to add a full-time drummer. So so if you're a drummer and you want to play for Embittered, well, you should definitely hit them up. If you guys enjoyed this track by Embittered, you can go and check them out via the link that I put in the description of this podcast. Massive cheers to Embittered for being on the Vox & Hops Artist Spotlight. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that just loves craft beer, well, you should definitely let them know that the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast exists. You can tell them that there are over 390 episodes where I sit down with some of the world's best musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you would encourage one of your craft beer enthusiast friends to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today's episode is a special one. It features content that I recorded throughout the weekend that was brutal Winnipeg. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 399. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Here we are, first day, just arrived, Kilter Brewing, first thing we did. Straight to a brewery. Why not? Why not? It, it makes me happy. You were like, is, is it 12 o'clock yet? I don't think I've ever had a beer before 12 o'clock. Funnily enough, my, my father-in-law last weekend said you should never drink a beer before 12 o'clock, and that's a true story. <laughs> uh, we are here because it's brutal Winnipeg. Um, I, you know, I'm not afraid to ask for stuff and to poke people and to, to, to just throw things against the wall. And when we were here for Metal Fest back in May, I shot the idea of it'd be super cool to bring Brutal, which I've been doing in Montreal here in Winnipeg. And you were like, yeah, let's do it. And then you actually did it. Yeah, so, so here you we did, are. You did all the work. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to... <laughs> fancy this up at all so <laughs> i'm extremely grateful to be here uh why did you say yes let's start with that i mean we had so much fun at the fest i was like yeah let's just come back matt let's party <laughs> mm-hmm. if people know me that i i i stage dove you did during exciter i lost my hat we had a, we had a very very good time uh, over those three days when i was here for metal fest we enjoyed I, some local beers we did yes. Sucrums, which was actually where we're headed after this you got it man we'll hang out with andrew for a bit uh but I'm very stoked. Uh, it's a it's a killer lineup. Um, despised icon, first Montreal, show here in 13 years. Yep. Montreal, you know, legends in their own right. Uh, Wake uh, were the number one episode of Vox and Hops last Hopefully year. Hopefully, win a Juno, right? Hopefully, hopefully, win a Juno. I would love that very much. Christian Donaldson would rather get the shot and win it, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, Hopscotch, Battle Scars, Murder Capital. Uh, talk to me about the two local acts that you added to the bill. What's going on there? Yeah, well, Hopscotch, I saw just yesterday, they were on the top 10 bands to watch by Esclaim Magazine. Really? Yeah. Hopscotch are, I'd say, the freshest new band to Winnipeg's metal scene, which we needed. Yeah, and they're just new. Their their buzz is huge. Like they're 
everyone's coming out. They're drawing great crowds, and they're getting better and better each show. Amazing. Murder Capital are, I'd say, the best deathcore band in Winnipeg. Yeah, they always said to me, please, if you ever get Despised Icon, we need, must play that show. I'm very happy that we made that happen. Oh, when I messaged the drummer about playing, he told me he got shivers, and like he was so excited. Like, <laughs> So you've been promoting Ninja Cat productions for for many many years you you as we were coming here you reminded me that you brought me to winnipeg for my very first show back with origin yes. the last felony back in 2008 with at the zoo which is no longer around so 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 talk to me about promoting in winnipeg um is a big question the challenges the fun why you got into it why you still do it talk to me about being a metal promoter in winnipeg i mean it's obviously a labor of love. I never in a million years thought I'd be able to do this for a living ever, ever, ever. Like it was always a hobby that grew into my career. I was a banker for 20 years. You were a banker for 20 years. I did not know that. Doing loans and mortgages for people, wearing a suit. I went to college, got my finance degree and I always played in bands and I would do shows on the side as a hobby. And I'm 40 now. So back then in like the early 2000s, I remember, you ever heard of a bank from Edmonton called Dead Jesus? No, that's yeah. a great name. <laughs> they're not, I don't think they're around anymore, but that was the first touring band that I ever did a show for. And uh, after that show, uh, the gentleman that helped me book them out of Edmonton, he got offered Creator. And this was back in 2000 when metal wasn't, it was a little harder back, back then. Shows weren't as big, and uh, like a band like Creator could play a 200-seat room in Winnipeg back then. Really? Back then, yeah. And that's when he first offered me his Creator, and I was like, holy crepes, yeah, I love Creator. I've loved them forever, so let's just do the show. And that's where it started. And then once I got one show, I'd get more and more, and then they and my company got bigger and bigger. Was there just like no one else? Uh, well, there was just the clubs booking stuff. but we There was get, no real promoter no, in Winnipeg. There was no production companies, just like the clubs would get offered shows here Interesting. And, and back then, we'd get two shows a year. Cannibal Corpse would come once a year. Morbid Angel would come, and that'd be the two shows of the year. Wow. And the rest was all local. And uh, even now, if it, I sometimes I even think, if, I'm not, if I step down and I don't do this, Who? who's yeah. going to do it? Yeah. Who's going to step up? Who's willing to risk their well-being all the time? And, <laughs> and uh, because there's times where ever since I had kids and stuff, sometimes I do have moments where I'm like, can I do this forever? Yeah. Because I need to do it. It's a gamble. I, yeah. It's a gamble. Well, I need to do it till I retire. Right? Like, I need to work for the next 20 something years. I sometimes, yeah. my wife says, So when you're 60 and yeah. you're still working for a couple of years, are you going to still be doing death metal shows? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Will death metal still exist in 20 years? Yeah, so. who knows? Like, everyone's attention spans are 10 seconds long with TikTok videos these days, but. I don't know. I just tell her, I don't know. I'm, in, I'm loving the ride right now. And I feel very blessed that I get to do this for a living. And uh, it's a labor of love, though, because it's constant rolling of the dice. The pandemic really made me think twice, too. Even during the pandemic, I had to go back to my old job. Yeah, because... You, you were a part of that episode that I yes. did, right? So yep. it's actually your second time on the podcast. I did an episode where I spoke with a number of promoters throughout the pandemic, getting their experiences. I asked a bunch of questions and people sent me answers. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and it was it was shitty. Yeah, it was a <laughs> tough time. It was very depressing. Like, yeah. 
we all wondered if we're ever going to get to do this again. And even when we came back after the pandemic, me and you were talking about this earlier this morning, and it wasn't just like back to normal. No. I'd say now is the most closest to normal I've seen. Like, because like right after the pandemic, I was just dying to get back to shows. I instantly started booking again, thinking that... It would just bounce back. Bounce back. And I, I remember everyone was saying, it's going to be like the roaring 20s when the last pandemic happened in 1918. And they said, you know, when after two years of that pandemic... The 20s were the roaring 20s. Everyone came out because they couldn't wait to party again. Yeah. And that's what I thought. But no, when we reopened, I had bands that I've been booking for a decade and I know what they're going to pull. I know they're going to sell out my room and they're going to get four or 500 people. But these bands were getting half their draws. And like we were saying earlier, walk up evaporated. I was like, what is going on? And that last year was that way. It was tough. It was bands. I, I got to the point where I didn't know what I was going to get at shows. And, but the problem is, is agents are still asking for that same price yeah, tag as yeah. if things are normal or more. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a real tough time rolling back into it. But I'd say now is the closest it's been back to normal. Uh, back in the day before you were promoting those Cannibal Corpse shows, those Morbid Angel shows, was Winnipeg always there supporting? Yes, like everyone in the in the scene back then would come, but the scene was small. It was very small. Cannibal Corpse played the Albert twice. And you like I don't know if you, the Albert's two hundred cap. Really? Yeah. And so Hatebreed played that room. Cannibal Corpse. None of those bands would even consider that now. But <laughs> at the time, that's what she played in Winnipeg, and it made sense. I remember I was talking with the guy that used to book the Albert back in the day. We were talking recently, and he was like, oh, I remember at the time, the con- the contract for Cannibal was $3,000. <laughs> at the time, we were like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that's like the, the support band's getting yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> when you would go to those shows, was it ever something you envisioned doing for the rest of your life, bringing never. more bands in? I never thought that. I thought this would be a hobby forever. And uh, it just sort of snowballed over time. When, when you're reliable, when you're trustworthy, when, when you know, you follow through with things, you know, things tend to happen for you. It pays off. Yeah. And uh, I'm so grateful to the Winni- Winnipeg metal scene now. Like now I've built up this name and this, for lack of a better word, following, I guess, where people follow my company and support my shows. Even during the pandemic, when uh, I shut down, it was right when my fest was a month out from happening. We, we were coming. We were coming. Yeah. And airlines were not being nice with air, airline refunds. Yeah. So Winnipeg came together and paid off my bill. And uh, no way. Yep. How did I miss that? My God, that's yep. awesome. I, I literally was so stressed out when that pandemic hit because I was like, okay, I'm out 20 grand on my fest. Oh, my God. And yeah. my job is evaporated. There's no, at the time, Serb wasn't out yet. I was like, I yeah. have no fucking income coming in. Yeah. I'm screwed. And like the stress, you know, those first couple of days of the pandemic was nuts. And then uh, some of the local scene says, no, we can't have Corey die. And we're going to, we're going to start this GoFundMe for you. And I was like, okay, we're going to get what? A hundred bucks donated or something. I thought it was going to be embarrassing. And overnight they raised over 10,000 bucks. Oh my God. I couldn't believe it. That's amazing. Literally when I opened my laptop in the morning, and saw the number fucking tears came in my eyes i was just like i can't believe this and uh i even messaged her and i said stop stop it you're over what i owe on the airline money so she stopped it you're too nice (laughs) (laughs) and yeah and i couldn't believe it i was like wow winnipeg really came through for me and my wife was like that's from all those years of 
everything you've given people. Yeah. These, these amazing experiences. These the early 2000s, I was working at the bank. I'd get off the bank at, you know, 5 o'clock. I'd run to the venue in my suit and change <laughs> at the venue and then run a metal show till 2 a.m. And then go and home. Do it again. Go to work the next day with three hours of sleep and be like, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. I don't uh, know how I did it. Canada. Why is Canada such a tough space for metal. Montreal, we're spoiled. Montreal is the capital of metal of Canada. Vancouver is spoiled. Vancouver is spoiled, you too. You see these, like, American tours get announced. Montreal, Vancouver. Exactly. Toronto. Toronto. Why are the prairies always forgotten? Especially with, with Winnipeg having such a vibrant scene and being so close to Minneapolis. I've heard a lot of agents call us a sea market. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. we're a sea market. And I yeah. get it. I get it. Like, you know, a band's going to get 500 here. They're going to get 1,000, 1,500 in another city. So money talks. And um, we're so close to Minneapolis. You know, when it's routing a tour, he's like, well, we could do Minneapolis or we could do Winnipeg. And so a lot of them go to Minneapolis. But a lot of times if I see a tour starting in Minneapolis, I'll hit up the agent and be like, hey, come on, let's add on Winnipeg there. Sometimes it works. And sometimes they're just, sorry, Corey, we're not adding dates. I'm like, ah. Whatever. Well, that's, that's, a good, a that's a good hustle, though. That. Yeah. So a lot of times I'm flying in bands. I got to create these shows. I, I, when it's a tour and I get offered that, oh, so much less stress. I don't have to do the immigration. I don't have to do the flights and all that. But I want these shows to happen. So here we are. But and is that for yourself or more for the scene or what? What, what is that both. hustle? Yeah. Both. Because like I'm I'm a metal nerd in the crowd too. At my shows, I'm not just upstairs at my office working on contracts for other shows. I'm down there watching the show. Yeah, it's true. And I feel like I tell my wife all the time. I feel like I retired in my 30s when I became a promoter. Just full-time. to enjoy yourself. Because yeah. I go to work and I'm like I'm at work. Yeah. I'm watching a metal band. I'm having a beer. Yeah. I'm smoking a joint. Like I'm like this is great. <laughs> I feel blessed to do this for a living. Uh, is there a band, a white whale band, that you would love to bring to Winnipeg that's perfect for Winnipeg that just has never it hasn't happened There's a bunch, yet. man. You were talking about Carcass earlier. I would love to have Carcass mm-hmm. here. They're one of my favorites, but fly them in from Liverpool? Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes these bands, I'll see them doing a, a festival in the States, and I'll hit them up. Hey, while you're in North America or something, you want to come to Winnipeg? Some of them it works. Sometimes, no. <laughs> see, this is the thing that a lot of like big city promoters... Not that Winnipeg's not a big city. A market cities yes. will say the promoters don't have to have these thought processes. Exactly. You know, you know Tyson from the Starlight in Edmonton. Yes, of course. Yes, love Tyson. Love you, Tyson. And it's like the Tyson. It's like sometimes me, we always keep in touch with each other and uh, on shows. And there's times where he's like, "You're you're fucking beat me on this ticket counts for this show. Like we'll do a show together, and he'll do the same show." And we'll compare. What are you at? What's your ticket sales at? <laughs> and you're like, you're beating me, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. We'll go Winnipeg. Yeah, so sometimes Winnipeg surprises you. But even uh, Regina, I talked to the promoter there, and sometimes she'll beat me. And I'm like, I lost to Regina? What is up? <laughs> so, so each city can surprise you. I've always had a killer, killer time in Canada. Uh, a lot of bands have. Cryptopsy laid their roots touring Canada back on Nansoval, Blasphemy Made Flesh even. I forgot how many times I've booked Cryptopsy. I don't even know. I'd have to like look through all my my posters at home. Like I remember when Lord Worm came back, I did yep. that show. I did yep. that tour. We did two nights wow. at the zoo. We did two nights at the Albert. Wow. Yeah, when Mike DeSalvo was in the yeah. band too. 
I've seen all of them come and go, all the singers. <laughs> uh, all the way up to you. <laughs> and now we're hanging out and we're doing a Vox and Hops festival. I'm beyond stoked that this is happening. We have Kilter. We have Sukram's beers there. I'm very, very stoked that we're doing this. Uh, this is uh, hopefully too, the man. first time of many. Yes, I hope we can uh, do very, this all the time. I'm very, very excited. Uh, will you, I'm stoked. I can't say thank you enough. This is, this is a very I cool thing. I appreciate you doing this with me too, buddy. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm very stoked to be at Kilter Brewing in Winnipeg. I literally just got off the plane. Uh, I'm here for Brutal Winnipeg. I'm with Logan Picton, uh, who represents Kilter. Um, Kilter is... I'm from Montreal, right? So anyone that's listening to this that knows Montreal knows Missorum Brassatorium. They are the coolest brewery from Quebec. And last time I was here for the Metal Fest Ninja Cat Productions put on, I came in here and I was like... It's Misorum. It's the same vibe. It's so cool. So, so, how are you? Let's start with that. I'm doing supreme, my friend. Very, very stoked to be with you. Uh, we're drinking two killer beers right here. What do you got? What are you same sipping as on? You. I'm, I'm sipping a milk pour of uh, the Czech Premium Pale Lager. Hell yes. Let's cheers. Let's move it on. Uh. Delicious. Crisp. Love it. Love it. So, so we're here for a reason. Um, there are two breweries representing themselves at Brutal Winnipeg. Kilter is one of them. How easy was that decision to jump in and sponsor, be a part of a metal fest in Winnipeg? Well, I mean, it's just an easy yes, you know? I mean, it's funny, right? Like, me, I, I'm, I don't listen to an inordinate amount of metal. I've always enjoyed a certain amount of it. And, like, people are sometimes like, oh, well, why do you want to be part of a metal fest? It's like, well, why wouldn't you want to be part of a metal fest? You, I'm a music lover, and music is uh, all styles, right? So whether it's country or metal or rap or jazz, like it's just good to be part of events where people are coming and enjoying the beauty that is music. And I think it's good for you guys, because metal music, and the reason why the podcast works so well with craft beer, metal music is a sort of like higher form <laughs> of appreciation of stuff, of fine things. Sure, yeah. And craft beer is most definitely that, and Kilter is a master of that, so so by exposing yourself to a bunch of people like that tomorrow night, you may gain a whole bunch of new fans and clients that will come and check you guys out that didn't know you existed. Yep. Yeah. I mean, what are you trying to do as a microbrewery if it's not garner new clients and customers, right? So Kilter is not a metal brewery, and I'm okay with that. If you could describe Kilter in a sentence, what would the vibe be? What would be its brand? Oh, man. Take it easy. It's a little, uh, it's a little slice of paradise. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the vibe we go for here too, right? Is it like it's like come in to paradise? A lot of fruited beers, a lot of heavy adjunct beers. Uh, you know, there's still a good chunk of traditional beers like what we're drinking right now. So you still try to cater to a pretty wide range of folks, but you know, a lot of new age beers, New England IPAs, all that jazz. I think it's important to to have a firm grasp on who you are as a brewery. I think it's extremely important to have an identity as a brewery. And when you walk in here, you know that Kilter has a grasp on that. It's very chill. Yeah. <laughs> very relaxed. Uh, I could not see a death metal band playing here, and I'm okay with that. If, if, if a band could play here, what, what genre would fit best, do you think? Oh, I think a pretty wide range. I mean, we've had some little writer's circles here once in a while, so you're getting some, like, folk and indie stuff. But, I mean, I think the space is conducive to a lot. Like, I play in a number of bands. I've, I'd play blues here, a little bit of funk. You know, I mean, it's... I think the beauty of a space like this is that it is really flexible. It might not lend itself to every style, but like, you know, 
I am notorious for just asking for stuff. Cool. So I, I hit you up, and I, I was like, let's just do a collab. And you're like, who is this guy? You were like, we are, our whole schedule is planned out for the year. <laughs> I, I imagine that's the truth. Talk to me about running a brewery at that scale where everything is planned out that far in advance, because not every brewery is that organized. Yeah, and I mean, to say that we have everything locked in for the entire year is probably a little bit of an exaggeration, but, you know... Uh, so I got I got the, the copy-paste response to the people that asked for too much. Well, <laughs> luckily, luckily, I've only been here for six months, so I haven't had the chance to copy and paste that much, but I'll probably pick copy and paste it to somebody else. It's great for... Yeah, I, I have a bunch of them in my notepad. <laughs> um, the thing is, is, you know, as a relatively young craft brewery, you're you're always kind of being pulled in so many directions. So it starts off by letting chaos reign and going with the flow, which I think Kilter did a really good job at doing. Is just like, let's just like throw a boatload of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And, you know, you kind of find your identity in that. But then as you grow, as a team grows, you know, there's a lot more people relying on systems that maybe aren't built yet. So what we're trying to do is, you know, look ahead two seasons. Let's let's lock in two seasons ahead and then let's have some inspiration for the third season. So, you know, we're blocked into the summer right now even into the fall we have a really strong idea of what we want to do and then for me i have you know some some passion ideas let's say for christmas time where it's just like you know utilize the beauty of the season or the holidays to to brew some beer so in manitoba we do these things called dainty trays you ever hear of a dainty no, tray no i'm interested keep going so, yeah. Around the holidays, uh, generally speaking, like you will bake or make dainties. So, you know, it's like little brownies or little marshmallow squares or a pineapple square or like a chocolate pecan tart. And the idea is like when you go to family parties, you bring a tray of dainties. So it's often like some sort of serving platter with saran wrap with a bunch of homemade baked goods. Nice. And like these flavors lend themselves to beer, especially 100%. our beers, like, you know, a pineapple square beer or yeah. lemon square, or then you obviously you can go to the decadent side where it's like Nanaimo bar. The big stouts. Exactly. Yeah. So what I really would love to do at some point is like a dainty tray multi-pack oh, around the holidays. Idea. So, you know, you I mean, that requires a fair bit of piloting and, uh, and testing. So looking at that now, you know, it's not a rush, but... You need to, you got to be on your toes and you got to be thinking about what's coming up next, right? Because if you're thinking about what's coming up now, it's probably too late. What What is your craft beer journey? You seem to, to be well-versed in, in <laughs> ideas, cool ideas, but no more than that, you seem to understand what's been going on here. So, so what, what is your craft beer journey? Uh, started uh, drinking craft beer with uh, the owner of Nonsuch Brewing Company, Matthew Sabrin. So he's a really, really close buddy of mine. We've been bandmates for uh, just over 10 years. And uh, Matthew was part of a local uh, brewing club called the Manitoba Brew Bombers, named after the Winnipeg Blue Bombers football team, CFL. Uh, So Matthew had done a bunch of home brewing, and at band practice, we would ingest craft beer and me being 18 like for the life of me I couldn't finish a pint of craft beer back then because I could barely drink a pint of you know macro beer yeah um but you know you want to be part of the crew and you, you force it down and you come to a point where you start to really enjoy it so I really found a passion for craft beer 10 10 years ago 11 years ago uh and then in terms of working in the industry when the sales position at Nonsuch came up just over four years ago, uh, I applied 
I had some retail experience working in music shops, and I wanted to dip my toe into the craft beer world. So I sold there for four years, and I learned so much, and you know, got to see a, a startup go from very little to what felt like very large. Uh, and then um, in the summer of 2022. You know, like anything, sometimes it's uh, time for a change, time to move along. And I was looking for, you know, I was looking for another really cool space to work in. Uh, and Kilter truly was like the natural step for me. So Very cool. I did the classic like cold call, like, hey, uh, wondering if there'd ever be an opportunity here. See? And then the discussions started. And now here I am. I've been here for about six months. Amazing. So you got you to take a chance, people. You got you to cold call sometimes. <laughs> yeah. As much as cold calls generally are ineffective. It's true. But some, <laughs> you, you, if you don't take a shot. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, man. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, thank you so, so much for sitting down with me, uh, talking about your involvement in Brutal Winnipeg. I'm so damn stoked uh, to have you guys involved. I'm stoked to be back here. I had such a good time last time. I'm supposed to be drinking a beer probably too early, but that makes me happy. Cheers. Never too early. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I am back with Andrew Sukrams. We are at Sukrams Brewing here in Winnipeg. Uh, I was here back in May. I hosted a podcast, which was released with Decay, uh, Jesse Mathewson, and Chris Thrash. It was the pre-fest party for the Manitoba Metal Fest. You were sponsoring that event. You are sponsoring the reason why I'm here in Winnipeg in, in February. It was you know just a great idea to come to Winnipeg in February. Uh, it's been fun. It's cold, but it's, it's fun. It's cold, yeah. It's all good. It's a good city. Uh, I'm talking about Brutal Winnipeg, obviously. Very <laughs> yeah. happy to have Sukram sponsoring Brutal Winnipeg. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Happy to uh, just keep brewing beer and sharing it with great people. And we were talking earlier, just having these uh, experiences of, you know, serving my beer at a metal fest. It's pretty crazy when you think about it. First question. Yeah. You just stumbled upon it. We, we, we've both been around for just about four years. I just celebrated my fourth anniversary. Yours is coming up. Did you ever imagine that you would be brewing beer and that it would be served at the Park Theater, which is basically a staple for most shows, events, movie screenings, um, a metal fest tomorrow? Did you ever imagine it would come to this? No, never. I was just a fan of music in general, fan of beer in general, and then to kind of put them together is pretty crazy i was a call center kid didn't really? think uh didn't think anything would would kind of materialize and that i'd be brewing beer but i was lucky enough to found find my passion and here we go haven't stopped haven't looked back 
call center. I've done some call center stuff. It's 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 a very difficult job. So so anyone that has the the patience, tenacity to do that might take my hat off to you. Nice. Not easy. Uh, your brewer's story. How did you get into brewing beer? My father-in-law made wine, and uh, he kind of, I was like, oh, this isn't too bad, you know, before I kind of got into beer. And I'm like, you can make this yourself? Amazing. Okay, I'm going to try that. And then I always loved beer more than wine, you know, no offense, winos, but I just (laughs) love beer better. And when I found out that you could brew it at home as well, too, and without using a kit, I I got a little bored with wine. I'm like, you just kind of... Toss in the juice, and you put in the yeast. Bob's your uncle. You're on your way. And I'm like, I want to be able to more of a challenge. I want, yeah, I want to be able to create my own recipes and go after those flavors that, at the time in Winnipeg, was a non-existent scene. You know, we had half pints, which was great, and uh, um, you know Fort Gary, and that was it. We had two breweries in the city, and so to kind of get those flavors that what you were hearing about in the states, you basically either had to go and search it out, and again, call center kid couldn't really travel, so. I just decided to make it myself and just went all grain brewery and uh, just kept brewing and won some awards. I just went to... Were you a part of the, the Home Brewer Association? I like I was and I wasn't. like I wanted to be, but um, uh, I just could never make the meetings times because uh, <laughs> my, my partner had to work at the time late, so I could never make the Tuesday meetings. But uh, definitely a great resource, and they've I know a lot of people in that scene and everything, so that was great. But really just sent my beer off to get better feedback on how I can make better beer and just ended up winning. Do you remember the first beer that you won an award with? I think it was the either the in Toronto the Toronto Homebrew Awards silver medal for my IPA and then I won a couple other ones across the country uh, just medals nothing huge I wasn't trying to be brewer of the year or anything like that and then I won a local competition here where I won best of show and all that kind of stuff and got to brew at uh, Barnhammer and uh, we served the beer there and I just remember thinking well this is it I've made it I've made it this is the top of everything yeah this is it like I've never won anything really in my life before so wow the fact that it was for beer I was like okay well I guess this is what I'm yeah, doing with my life I, I guess I'm a functioning <laughs> alcoholic now so <laughs> there it went so then uh, everything that came into becoming this place. Now, Sukrams has a real vibe. It's uh, It screams community is really the, the, what, what comes to me when I think of Sukrams. All the local local artists. I've been here twice so far. The, the paintings are always changing. Yeah. Local artists yep. displaying their art on the walls that are for sale, I yep. imagine. Tanisha, she's great. That's um, who got displayed. You are very vibrant. In the music scene, in the movie mm-hmm. scene, yeah, you were doing stuff. When I was coming here originally, back in 2020, because that's when Metal Fest was supposed to happen, you were already completely involved then. So, so right from the get-go, yeah, you, you had your finger in the community. Yeah, that we kind of started. You know, obviously, we're a small community. Winnipeg's the biggest small town in the world. I think you know we're one degree of separation away from everybody. So. I really believe in that kind of just support each other and be there for each other. And if I'm going to be a, a, a local business, I want to be supporting those in my community as well, too. And, you know, we really started, I wanted to start by like, you know, 
being out there in the community and, and giving to something that you're very familiar with is, you know, giving back to, um, we give to uh, autism research and programs at uh, St. Amont Center. So part of our proceeds from our cult classic, uh, it started off with another beer called MacGuffin, but we give part of our proceeds to uh, St. Amont towards autism. That's very near and dear to our heart. My son um, has autism. So it was just something that the community helped us when we had the, you know, when we were dealing with that as a family that we had no idea what it was and then to, to, to try to do something and try to give back and then like start by giving back not and it was really something that I wanted to do and I remember I got some advice from a, a prominent you know some some business person who was like no, no 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 don't do that first make the profit then become a philanthropist I'm like well <laughs> no I, I I don't want to be a philanthropist by any means but I I, I do want to give back to your community I think it's an important important part and I think that just led to just other connections and just being able to, you know, um, I think it's just because I went to so many shows at the park that now I have uh, gotten that connection and, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I've, I do audio, you know, and <laughs> but, uh, you know, again, showing movies there is something that's like totally cool. It's not like, you know, we're all making crazy profit of it. It's just something fun to do and watching movies with people is different and you know we haven't been able to do that for the last couple of years so anyway yeah. i think it's awesome i think it's awesome and then as we were looking at your board of what's available today uh, specifically i was like there's this weird mix of classic brews you, you have an italian pilsner you have the cult classic mm-hmm. you have a basically like a, a, a doppelbach a west coast yeah. ipa almost yeah yeah uh, and then you have just completely fucked up monsters yep of yep. adjunct ridden chocolate salted <laughs> caramel porter <laughs> chocolate uh covered strawberry moon tower yeah so, so what, what's, what's, what's the, the thought process behind that uh, we pretty much much come out if you could see our cans over there we come out with new beers all the time like i think uh you know when we started it was it was basically a new test batch every wednesday so every wednesday we would come out with a new test batch we just like experimenting we just love there's so much beer out there to be made and we i don't know maybe we're we're just impatient we just want to make it all and so we just kind of go to what we feel would be let's try that let's try that let's see what hits let's see what happens and obviously there's so many styles out there and we like to stay we're both the head brewer and myself because i i hired a head brewer because i have never worked in a professional brewery before and i didn't want to <laughs> kill myself because you're working with some uh, crazy equipment um not that metal so um we uh He's he's steeped in homebrew as well, too. So we grew up brewing those kind of styles. And then, you know, with all the new styles that are hitting the scene, obviously we want to have our hand in that, too, and see what we could do there. And it's just fun to experiment. What I do think is super interesting, and I hope that more breweries do this, is that you do still have flagships. We and do. So, so you're messing around with a bunch of fucked up shit all the we time. Do. yeah. But yet I've come here... In the past, like May was the last time, yep. and I'm back again, and I'm drinking yep. right now a Desert Island, and I was drinking yes. that last time, Yes, and that's comforting. And I, yeah. as the older I get, I know it's just because I'm getting older, I like comfort things. You right. know? So, so to have a flagship beer, yeah. I think that it's something that needs to come back yeah, to craft beer industry. I think it's something that's pretty staple here in Winnipeg. You know, I think we're a younger scene, so a lot of us do have at least one or two flagships that we all make um we have five flagships um 
We just did uh, our latest one was Eternal Sunshine uh, Pale Ale, and obviously yeah, we have cult classic Desert Island, the first dry hop sour release in the city, Cosmos. That was a that was a core, um, and uh, Starbeast Imperial Stout. So, yeah. We love it. And uh, the New Prairie Beer Awards. Sorry, I don't want to toot my own horn. Toot your horn. Toot it. We won gold for Desert Island and gold for Eternal Sunshine. So we got gold in the hoppy stuff. So I'm good. I'm good now. <laughs> what, what, what does it take for uh, these new test batches, these experimental releases that you're doing throughout the year? Yeah. These, these what do you call the SK, SKUs? Um, SKUs. Or, SKUs. Yeah, for uh, the new SKUs, new products. Yeah. yeah. Um, what does that have to do to become a staple i don't know like there's a lot so like one of the most like even today we just released uh the as you wish buttercup which is a princess bride reference and uh it's a chocolate salted caramel porter we've released that i think the most it was it was on our on our when we, opening day was a test batch and then it just hit really big when it was a core product but we're we're pretty small so we can't have like a, a lot of cores coming back but Buttercup's uh, a popular one that every time we bring it back, we notice there's a there's a splash. So there's a couple of those, you know, that we bring back and we're like, oh, okay, those are pretty popular. But it doesn't leave room for some of the other experimentation, I guess. Because so there's only so many. There's only so much that we could ferment, do. For, fermenters yeah. to fill. We're a growing company. We didn't start huge, you know. We've uh, been lucky enough to get a, a couple more tanks and a couple more test tanks. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just still like experimenting. So, yeah. Well, I'm very stoked to have you as a part of Brutal Winnipeg. It, w- it was a no-brainer. I knew that you'd be there, and I'm happy that you are. Uh, I'm going to enjoy a bunch of the beers tomorrow. I will probably enjoy a few more tonight. Nice. <laughs> I'm. A, this is this is awesome. Very Thank happy you. to finally get you on the podcast. Oh man, Massive I can't cheers. believe I'm here. I didn't know this was going to happen today. So you've uh, you've cornered me into being on your podcast, and this is a dream come true. Boom. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm backstage at Brutal Winnipeg with Dakota from Murder Capital. Dakota, you just finished your set. You can hear the drums of Hopscotch Battle Scars in the background. How the fuck was Brutal Winnipeg? Man, it was so much fun. So many people wound up showing up, too, which was very cool. Is that something that worries you when you're opening up a show that that people are not going to be there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you never know as the opening band, right, where people wait till the headliners or... Such and such, but no, there was tons, tons not, of people that showed not, up for not us. Not Winnipeg. Winnipeg shows up early. Hell I've heard yeah. it, it's called Walk Up Winnipeg. <laughs> I, I'm very stoked that Murder Capital is about this. So I heard like whispers that tonight's show was like a bucket list moment. So talk to me about when Corey finally let you guys in on the secret that you guys were going to be opening for one of your legendary bands, one of your favorite bands, Despised Icon. We, yeah, so Corey shot us the offer and we absolutely freaked out in the group chat. All of us have been like despised icon fans since we were like in high school type deal. Kind of those like 2007 deathcore kids, you know, we all fit that stereotype in that era. So it's so cool to kind of, you know, rip a gig with the big dogs of Canada within that genre. I think it's amazing. It makes me so happy to see Deathcore still being vibrant with bands like Lorna Shore. Uh, Signs of the Swarm are just exploding nowadays. So Deathcore is still very much present and going on. You guys are working on new material right now. How are you going to contribute to this new wave of Deathcore? <laughs> I don't know. I guess just try to throw our own mix and spin on Deathcore and 
just kind of do our own thing and you know navigate through the genre see what comes our way see what kind of magic we can put out into the universe we're drinking a killer beer right now from one of the sponsors of brutal winnipeg this is kilters uh this is kilters prairie lager in winnipeg made from what's real uh it's it's crisp it's nice it's a little bit fruity actually which is super interesting talk to me about beer is is beer something that's important to you are you a craft beer enthusiast um, I wouldn't call myself a nerd or a craft beer nerd, but I'm very much an enjoyer. Um, just like getting together with the guys and kind of just picking random stuff and seeing what, you know, throwing everything against the wall and seeing what sticks. I love that. If, if Murder Capital could make their own beer, what would you call it? Uh, Stab City Crew Brew. Ooh. 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 What, what style of beer would that be? Um, maybe a Belgian blonde. Nice. Stab Get back to my roots, City you know. <laughs> crew Brew. I like it. Yeah. I, 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 it's on brand. I like it very much. <laughs> Made from what's real, you know. Um, Despite Zycon are coming up, obviously, as we just mentioned. Um, what song will bring you out of pit retirement if they pull it out tonight? Oh, man. Throws a tradition. 13-year-old me is going to be throwing kicks in the pit. <laughs> like, look out. I'm starting some GoFundMes tonight, you know? Hell yes. Dakota, thank you so, so much. Sitting down with me right after your set. You're still all sweaty. I really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me. Enjoying a killer kilter brew. Massive cheers to you. Massive cheers to all of Murder Capital. Wyatt, we just smashed through a, an amazing set at Brutal Winnipeg Hopscotch and Battle Scars. Tell me, Wyatt, how you feeling? Sweaty. I'm feeling really sweaty. Kind of out of breath. I love, I love doing this. I love getting bands as they step off stage to come and hang out with me, have a chat. I, I love it. He's chugging a Kilter Prairie lager right now. I'm very impressed. Wyatt, Wyatt, how was that? T talk to talk. Take me through your thought process. From A to Z, getting invited to Brutal Winnipeg. Okay, A to Z. So A is Corey Thomas emails us and says, do you want to play a show with Wake and Despised Icon? And I piss myself. Because, <laughs> like, holy moly, that's a dream. All of us have been, like, crazy into Despised Icon since, like, high school. Um, so, yeah, this is huge. I uh, always love playing the Park Theater. I love that Corey just asks us to play shows now. Um Big dreams, you know. Metal Fest was like my big dream when I started the band. Then that happened, and you know. I remember we we played together, or you played on one of the nights. Yeah, no, the same night. Yeah, night. we opened, and you uh, almost closed. You were right near the end. Yeah, uh, so. oh, it was it was super fun. Yeah, great. I'm show. so stoked that we're together again. Talk to me about the Winnipeg scene. Corey said that you guys are a band to watch. He was telling me that last night as we were having some beers at Kilter. Uh, talk to me about the Winnipeg scene. What's going on here? I feel like we're in a period of blossoming. You know, there's a... We're starting from... I mean, COVID kind of hit everybody. But there wasn't really much going on. And, uh, you know, we're a COVID band. Simone and I started, like, really? during the pandemic. Our first couple of songs are from, like... I would record like 20 seconds of a drum part and send it over Facebook Messenger and then she'd send a guitar part and we just trade back and forth. Um, first three songs we'd put out were just recorded from our house, you know. Unbelievable. Um, and yeah, now we're here playing big shows. It's really exciting. Um, yeah, Winnipeg scene. It's got a lot of uh, bands kind of coming up, but I'd love to see more, you know. So we're trying to encourage uh, the new generation of Winnipeg bands because I feel like Winnipeg is a place that a lot of bands will skip on tour and uh, I'm sick of that. The Prairies get fucked on every tour and it sort of sucks because 
The fans are amazing. The crowds are always there supporting uh, big merch cities, too. So it's it's people booking agents. Wake up. Winnipeg is awesome. And, and, you know, like you can't skip Alberta. You can't skip. Don't skip the prairies. Yeah, for sure. No. And uh, we're doing a little Western tour. Hasn't been announced yet. But in May, we're going to be going from here. Out down to Vancouver and kind of back, hitting all the way along. There's a new album, too. You guys finished a new album. Just finished. Um, it should be out May 5th is the plan. Nice. We, we just got the final uh, masters the other day. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, nine tracks of weird, brutal math core. You know? Crazy stuff. Talk to me about choosing to be independent. What 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 is the decision behind remaining independent? Ah, uh, nobody's asked to pick us up yet. <laughs> you know, we're doing fine, kind of on our own right now, and you know, we like kind of just making our own decisions. But if a big label wants to come say, "Hey, here's some money," I'm not against that. I don't know. You know, young young musicians that are listening to this. What what you were lucky that during the pandemic you started this project. What would have been an amazing thing that you would have heard that would have inspired you to start earlier? Ooh. Um, I don't know. I think one of the things that I needed was to just start knowing people who are doing the things that I want to do. Yeah. You know, I come out to shows and I'm like, yeah. oh gosh, here's Ken Mode playing an amazing show. Ken yeah. Mode are my favorite Winnipeg band. Um, but yeah, you know, you see the show and then you're like, hey, I, uh, hello, I'm Wyatt. And they're like, hi. And it's like, I want to do what you're doing. And they're like, okay, start. So then, you know, you start. Start, start. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because like, whatever, you're going to make a lot of shit. Like, it's going to be kind of bad for a while, probably. But like, you're not going to get to good unless you start with the bad, you know. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I couldn't really do anything else. I like the only thing I've ever really been super passionate about is like making music and art. And um, so I'm just doing it, even if it like bankrupts me entirely and I'm living on the street. I'm just going to keep making music because it's all I really care about. So... Yeah, I don't know. I guess if I'm supposed to give advice there, it's just like, yeah, just start just a band and start. start doing it, you know? Just start, yeah. Because, uh, you know, you'll never know how lucky you could get. Like, we kind of just started playing and people are like, hey, you know, I like, it's really crazy how often I hear you guys are my favorite band in Winnipeg. And it's like, whoa, that's nuts. That's really crazy to hear. Um, and you could do that. You could be someone's favorite band in Winnipeg or wherever your town is. This is a massive show. Super cool. Um, but if you could pick, what would be the perfect band for you to open for? Oh, geez. Okay. Um, I would love to open for CU Space Cowboy. CU Space Cowboy is like, you know, probably the reason that we started this band. Um, and yeah, we love them. They're coming here in May. Amazing. And, uh, Are you playing that show? No, God, I wish. Corey? Well, I should talk to Corey. You maybe, should. You know, who knows? Maybe he can just get thrown on last minute because, yeah, that would be an absolute dream come true. I'm trying to rally all the fans to, like, wear our shirts to the show. I just want to get noticed by them so bad because we love them. Um, the Callous Dow Boys are also one of my, like, favorite bands ever. So it would be amazing to play with them. Mouth Breather. Kawanashi. I'm just going to name mathcore bands that I like. <laughs> Dillinger's not around anymore, I know. sadly. I yeah, I wish yeah. we could play with Dillinger. We played a Converge cover tonight. It'd be really cool to play with yes, Converge. Yeah. Hell yes. Wyatt, thank you so, so much. Taking some time. You're still sweating from being on stage. Coming to hang out with me at Brutal Winnipeg. This is amazing. Massive cheers to you. He's crushing this kilter brew. I'm crushing occult classic from Sukrum's Brewing. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you so much, Matt. It's been great.
here we are backstage at Brutal Winnipeg at Park Theater. I'm sitting here, standing here with Ryan Kennedy of Wake. You just laid waste to Brutal Winnipeg. How was that for you? <laughs> Solid. <laughs> he just cracks open a killer um, kilter brewing prairie lager. It's it's fruity. It's light. It's nice. It's really good. It is really good. I'm I'm happy with it. It's surprisingly flavorful for a lager. I'm really really stoked on it. That's good. It's uh, floral. Is, is is a word that I would say about it. Definitely yeah. agreed. <laughs> uh, I'm so stoked when Corey told me that you guys were going to be a part of this. I think I threw your name into the hat as we were setting this whole thing up. I knew you guys because we had that conversation back in the summer. Uh, the episode came out. Uh, I was so stoked. You guys are such craft beer enthusiasts. I didn't realize as I was setting it all up that it was a 12-hour drive for you, though. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 12 hours. I mean, honestly, when you're from the prairies, 12 hours is kind of like child's play. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. I think... Uh, Kyle and I and Rob uh, and Arjun did a 32-hour drive uh, from Calgary to Dayton, Ohio last year. Straight. Jesus Christ. So, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's part of the game. It's what we so, do. So you get pitched to be a part of a metal and beer fest. Another metal and beer fest because you guys have been doing stuff with Decibel, which obviously is an inspiration for everything I'm doing with Brutal. For sure. What, well, how easy was that yes? I mean, it's always a super easy yes. I mean, there's this, this uh, as I get older, I learn that, like, there's this wonderful sort of connection between uh, two places that people who are sort of, like, coming out of their early 20s and sort of becoming adults, they can find a place to sort of express themselves and, like, find something interesting. And one of those things is you sort of age into, like, heavier music and you sort of age into more interesting drinking. Hell yes. <laughs> and and uh, I find that I'm not the only person who likes that. There's lots of people. And and, and that's why, you know, as, as people, we all find that fun and we're always happy to hang out with anybody else who thinks the same way. <laughs> you guys just got nominated for Juno, which is yeah. big news for Canadian artists. Is that something you ever expected? I mean, expected, no. I mean, I feel like... I was just talking to a friend of mine about this the other day about how like once you've spent so much time having no expectations and traveling across the world playing in basements for nobody, you, you <laughs> sort of you accept that reality and you kind of learn to like it. <laughs> but so when someone actually stops and like takes notice of you and says, hey, you know, we appreciate what you did. It's just sort of surreal. It just doesn't seem like it's real. When I had a striker on the podcast, he said that his parents finally started taking his band seriously when he got nominated for Juno. So, so is that something that's resonated with you as well? So I actually do have a story about that. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, my dad did take me out for dinner and tell me he no was proud of me. Way. Yes, but I know the exact moment when my parents took my music seriously, and it was not this. It was. Now, does it, do you or any listeners remember HMV? Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> you, I, sorry. You, you know, fellow Canadian. You know, we're all, we're all Canadians here. But uh, HMV used to have a stranglehold on retail uh, for, for music in Western Canada. And I played in a band in 2008, and my father was at the HMV across from his workplace and saw the band's CD in the store. And that was the day I, I realized that he, he, he started actually, he looked at me the next day and he said, your CD was in the store. It's a real thing. That's, that's the idea. <laughs> that's the whole point. And, and he just could not believe it. He was, yeah, that was the first moment where he just said, oh, your, your 
you're you're actually trying to do something. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. It means that your dad went and perused through the HMV many times before that, and you weren't there. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Exactly. He was looking for Bob Dylan, and then and then and then, and then he found me. So yeah, no, my parents, I there, they were really. I, I mean, it, my dad and my mother and father did take me out for dinner and say they were. Really I think proud, it's so, so damn cool. So. I, I'm stoked for you guys. Um, Chris Donaldson really wants get the shot to win because he produced that record. And he wants a goddamn Juno. Okay, and he's missed out a few times, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't have any say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love hanging out with you. I'm stoked to keep hanging out with you right now. But I got to go introduce despised icon on stage to headline brutal Winnipeg. So let's keep hanging out, but not with people listening. All right, sounds dope. Cheers. <laughs> Alex, you just wrapped up Brutal Winnipeg, Despised Icon's first show in Winnipeg in 13 years. The 13 first, years. The first gig <laughs> of 2023 for Despised Icon. Yes. Talk to me about uh, all of those emotions coming back to Winnipeg. Why, why have you neglected Winnipeg for so long? <laughs> I mean, not purposely. <laughs> uh, the thing is, when it comes to our band and our touring cycle, we only play three weeks a month out of the yeah. year. Um, so we got to be, you know, we got to pick and choose <laughs> once in a while. We'll go to California, then we'll go to Germany, and we can't be everywhere all at once. Uh, this part being kind of a remote part of the country. Uh, hey, we promised our fans sooner or later we'd be back, and here we are, and tonight was awesome. So It was really fucking sick. I was, I was so damn stoked when Corey from Ninja Cat Productions said, dude, I landed despised. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I, 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 like, I was like, ah! Hometown heroes, Deathcore kings, very stoked that you, we were here tonight. Part like This is the beginning of the night, which is very fun for me. Like We finished our work, and now we get to have fun. But I was damn stoked. I mean, the work part is fun, too. But about Corey, yeah, he's a trooper. Uh, from what I understand, he's uh, keeping the metal scene alive in Winnipeg. And... Um, this scene being very close to my heart, you know, I'm happy to just be part of it. And uh, <laughs> we talked about this earlier, but Corey, like, waited for us at the airport all night yesterday. Our flight was delayed three, four hours, so we got to the hotel at 4 a.m., and they lost all our luggage and gear and instruments, so we got him an hour before the show, and... Managed to get her done. Show must go on. Rock and roll. Despised is a very selective band. You guys get to choose what you do. Why did you say yes to Brutal Winnipeg? Uh, you said it earlier. It's been 13 years, and we like to play everywhere. And we've been to Saskatoon and Regina and uh, Edmonton, Calgary. Obviously, we've been around Quebec. Manitoba was that one part of the country we haven't done in quite some time. And next, I would imagine it, it would have to be the Maritimes, at least Halifax, you know? So. Very stoked that you guys were here. I had such a good time watching guys play. Winnipeg loved you guys. I'm going to go out into the crowd right now and get some reactions from the fans live. That's what I'm doing. You're going to hang out, relax here, taste some of these beers from Sucrums and Kilter. You let me know what you think afterwards. All right. I like them hazy. I like them citrusy. Let's stick to 6%. And let's have fun. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Thanks, bud. Hey, what's up? I'm uh, out in the crowd at Brutal Winnipeg. What did you guys think about your night? It was a pretty fun night, pretty good night. What, what did you think about Despised Icon? What, what was going on there? 
Absolutely fucking brutal. The fucking mosh pit at the front had me fucked up. My wrist. I brought. I might know. Might need to go to a fucking hospital. Who knows? Yeah. I well, you need to take care of yourself. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm chilling. You, you should get it checked out. What about you guys? I thought the show was awesome. They really put on an awesome show. Amazing. How about you? Deadly show. Probably the best musical show I've seen this year. One of the best shows you've ever seen. I love it. The beer. What, what did you think about the beer tonight? The beer is great. Uh, Sucrums is great. It's my favorite beer in Winnipeg. I always try to buy that at the, L at the LC. Intergalactic hot sauces. Is that correct? Talk to me about being a part of a metal show. I mean, we've been part of the metal scene here in Winnipeg for 15 plus years. Years. Having us set up and be a part of an event like this is huge. I'm so stoked that I think like hot sauce and metal just makes sense. It makes the most sense to me. Yeah. What what is the sales pitch for anyone that wants to check out intergalactic hot sauces? Intergalactic sauces. Uh, honestly, our sauces are out of this world. We got a bit of everything for everyone. So you want something mild? You want something hot? You want to blow your brains out with heat? We got that for you. Hell fucking yes! That's what makes me excited. I'm gonna taste the shit right now. But I'm going to talk to more people first. My good friend Trevor's here. And uh, how did you enjoy Brutal Winnipeg? Oh, that was great. I was, I, had, I knew so many words. I love Quebec metal. What is it about Quebec metal that's different than the rest of the metal in the world? Oh, man, that's that's really hard question to ask me here because there's, there's so many different bands that come out of there. They're, the, de the professionalism. You get this is this the quality I like I love the local scene in Winnipeg but I'm like if I could go out and see Voivod one weekend and then go out and see Despise Icon the next I'd, I'd be pretty happy with where I am I love it thank you so much for being here you, I had a blast Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right today. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, I had so much fun at Brutal Winnipeg. What a killer, killer festival that was. Unbelievable to have started this podcast back in 2019 and flash forward four years. And here I am standing on stage in Winnipeg hosting a metal and beer fest. It was unbelievable. First off, massive thanks and huge props and loads of love to Corey Thomas from Ninja Cat Productions. I just can't thank you enough, dude, for believing in the project, for making it happen, for taking care of everything. You are seriously the best. If you are in a band and you are looking to play a show in Winnipeg, Ninja Cat Productions is who you want to work with. Corey is the best. I cannot wait for the next brutal Winnipeg. Also, I just want to give a massive, massive shout out to Kilter Brewing and Sukram's Brewing. I had such a blast going and hanging out at the breweries with Logan and Andrew, respectively. What a killer day that was. Just so much fun to go get off the plane, go straight to the breweries and hang out with the people that helped make this festival possible. Unbelievably grateful. I had such a great time and I cannot wait to come back. All the bands that performed, Murder Capital, Hopscotch Battle Scars, Wake, and Despised Icon, I can't thank you guys enough. So cool to just be able to hang out with my friends backstage and then watch them destroy and then hang out with them some more and then have a chat with them for the podcast. Just just unbelievably grateful. All the fans that came out, all the Vox and Hops heads that were there. I just had so much fun. Massive cheers to all of you. I can't thank you enough. I love doing episodes like this. It is so cool to put together a bunch of content and then 
turn it into an episode. I love it. I cannot wait for the next brutal Winnipeg. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week that contains all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You'll get to see which episodes I dropped recently. We'll get to see which episodes I have coming up. You also get to hear about any projects that I have in the works before I announce them to the public, such as killer projects like Pit Culture and Haze Wars, two massive projects that I've been working on for the past few months that are going to see the light of day very soon. You will also get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently. You will get to see which artists I will be including into the Vox and Hops artist spotlight. And you will get to see which albums Jerry Monk, Vox and Hops's Metal Architect, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. The Brutal Awakenings playlist is available on both Apple Music and Spotify, and it is packed with literally the best new releases. Each week, Jerry does a great job at finding these gems and putting them on the Brutal Awakening playlist for all of our listening enjoyment. Trust me, you're looking for something new to listen to? The Brutal Awakenings playlist has you covered. There's always a lot of stuff going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast, and I hate when you miss a single thing, so please sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops Metal podcast is brought to you by Sound, Talent Media, and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer weekend. I will be back next week with one episode on Tuesday with Heavy Montreal Presents Vox and Hops episode number 400. That's right, people. Episode 400 is coming up next Tuesday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.